Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, this is Evian Whitney, and you're listening to the Sexually Liberated Woman Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Sexually Liberated Woman Podcast. My name is Evian Whitney. And today I have something a little bit different for you. Uh, Usually I bring someone on and we talk sex, sexuality, sexual expression, erotica. Uh, But today I'm going to be talking just to you. We're going to have a little one-on-one story time session. uh, And I'll be telling you a story about my own sexual liberation journey, where I'm at, what I'm up to. And uh, this story in particular that I'm going to tell you today happened just a couple days ago. Um, If you follow me on Instagram, you probably already know what it's about, Uh, but it was so transformational and uh, so edgy for me that I wanted to talk about it. And initially I was going to just write a blog post as I usually do because writing is my modality of communication, something that I'm very uh, familiar with, something that comes really naturally and easily for me. Uh, But podcasting is something that I'm very new to, something that is really exciting, but also something that I'm not very good at. Uh, So I thought that rather than doing my security blanket style of uh, telling my story and talking to you, I would do it a little differently, a little bit more intimately. And it's kind of perfect because the story that I'm talking about today is all about me kind of coming out of my security blanket, Um, dropping my security blanket and doing something that is totally unlike me, totally something that I would not have done in a million years, but I did it. So uh, a couple months ago, a friend of mine sent me a Facebook message asking me if I wanted to be a part of her rendition of the Vagina Monologues. And for those of you who aren't familiar, 
The Vagina Monologues is a play that was written by Eve Ensler in the 90s, and it features short vignettes from a range of women about things like masturbation and sex, domestic abuse, and essentially the relationship people have with their genitals. And I was very familiar with the play. I hadn't seen it in person, but I read the book and Eve's work was very instrumental in the formation of my own work. So I knew what the work entailed. I just wasn't sure if I wanted to commit to it. Uh, So my first inclination was to say no to my friend, citing an experience and fear as reasons why because I'm not an actor, I've never performed before, and while I have led a few workshops, I've never actually done something solo on stage in front of people. I was especially terrified of screwing up. Like, this is such an iconic play, I didn't want my lack of experience and flailing to mess up the beauty of the play. But I found myself saying yes, And I said yes for a few reasons. One, I wanted to challenge myself to do something I had never done before. I wanted to be a part of a movement that inspired my own work deeply. But one of the main reasons I said yes was because of how I knew I was going to feel the day after the big performance. Like, I could see it. Me waking up with a big goofy grin on my face, feeling super accomplished and proud of myself. As I thought back to the previous night, when I took the stage and committed to my performance. So I said yes because of how amazing it was going to feel for me to have accomplished it. And of course, my yes was full of nerves and fear and uncertainty. And my ongoing thought through this whole experience was, what have I gotten myself into? Uh, But it was a, a yes, nonetheless. So I go to the first rehearsal and in my mind, I'd played it up to be this really official, really professional thing where the directors and producers would be sitting behind this big table as they fed me lines and ordered me to adjust the mood and tone of my piece. But it was actually really chill. We were all sitting at a table together just doing the script as though we were in a book club. Um, We were taking turns to read and stopping every so often to chime in mostly with laughter and affirming sounds. Uh, And then it came time for me to read my piece for the first time. All of us were able to choose the pieces we wanted to perform. And I chose this piece called Reclaiming Cunt, which is all about a woman's love and enjoyment of the word cunt. And I had selfish reasons for picking this piece. Uh, The idea of reclaiming the word cunt is something very near and dear to my own heart. I actually wrote an essay about it on my blog. So when I skimmed it, I knew that it was going to be really familiar for me. But the other reason I chose it, um, and okay, this is going to sound really cowardly, but it's true. It was one of the shortest pieces in the play. I know how that sounds but I was absolutely terrified of being able to memorize my lines. And rather than biting off more than I could chew, I decided the simpler the piece, the better it would be for my sanity. Then I read it aloud. I don't know if it was because I had totally forgotten what the piece entailed or if I just spaced out, but when I read aloud the piece, I was smacked with this realization that Even though it was short, it was going to require me to really perform it. Like, this was about a woman who was delighted by the word cunt, even a little aroused by it. And she goes through each letter slowly and sensually and kind of erotically. 
And the piece itself is really provocative and sexy and playful. And I realized that I couldn't just read it like a poem. I had to find a way to be this piece somehow, which scared the shit out of me. Another thing that scared the shit out of me was how I got roped in to do another piece. So I had only planned on doing one because I was terrified that my brain wouldn't be able to hold all those lines. But as we were sitting down to read through the script, it kept bugging me how throughout the play, the word vagina was being used when it was almost always should have been vulva. So I spoke up about it kind of to vent, but mostly to create a discussion to see if other people felt the same way. And one of the directors, after hearing my vent, suggested that I should make a piece from it. And just like that, I went from being only slightly involved in the play with a quick, easy, and short piece about cunts to being really definitely a part of the play with two pieces that required my full performance. So fast forward to several weeks later, we're just a couple weeks away from the show and I'm feeling really uncertain about my cunt piece. The vagina vulva piece was going to be pretty easy because I felt that I didn't have to perform it necessarily. I could just be myself and allow my own personality to shine through. But the cunt piece was making me squirm a bit. Like when I read through it, I was being reminded that I might need to embody overt sexuality in order for this piece to be done justice. And I was freaking out about that. Um, There's actually a point in the piece where the woman has some kind of a climax. And I was wondering, how am I going to be able to do that? How am I going to be able to convey that sexuality in a room full of strangers? I was terrified terrified so I decided to take sexuality out of it to make it playful still sensual but not so erotic and that's the way I rehearsed it until showtime so showtime comes and I'm feeling really good about my piece really at home with the way I was going to deliver it and I wasn't fretting so much about not being able to perform or not having any experience I was really more thinking of it as a dialogue that I was having as myself with the audience and I felt really comfortable with bringing some of my sensual essence into it in like small ways. So the lights go up, we begin walking onto the stage and that's when my heart starts throbbing in a way that I've never felt before. Like I've never felt my heart beat this fast in my life and as I'm watching other pieces get performed on stage, I'm silently wondering if I'm going to die. Like, I was really thinking that my heart was beating to such a degree that it would just give out, like it would just stop. Um, And my heart beat like that up until the moment I walked on stage to perform my piece. And when it was my time, I did my best to look composed and ready. So just to give you a visual of what this piece looked like for me, I was wearing this calf length black dress that had a lot of movement to it but didn't show a lot of skin and I walked on the stage holding this big giant purple dahlia and I sat in a chair in front of the audience all ladylike and then began slowly lifting up my skirt, opened my legs wide and put the flower right on my crotch. 
that was as sensual as I thought it was going to be. Like that's how I had been rehearsing it and I felt that that act was coy enough for me to suggest sexuality without necessarily putting sexuality into the piece. And I started my piece really slowly like I always had and (laughs) then my nerves got the best of me. My heart was still throbbing in my chest and my body started to shake and quiver from nervousness so much that it felt like I was losing my ability to stay composed and platonic like I was trying to hold it together and then I sort of just lost myself in those sensations to the point where performing it from a place of non-sexuality went totally out of the window (laughs) um here's a clip When I finished the piece and I walked off stage, I didn't even really know what I had done. I just had a sense that my nervousness got a hold of me, maybe to the point that the piece itself wasn't very good. And it wasn't until I was backstage during intermission when the rest of the cast told me how turned on they got from watching me. Actually, one of the women said to me, at one point, your lips were quivering. And I said, yeah, I know. My entire body was shaking because I was so nervous. That's why my lip was quivering. And she was like, no, girl, it looked like you had a straight up orgasm up there. (laughs) And I was stunned, um, totally stunned. In that moment, I started wondering if I actually did have an orgasm or a form of one because those sensations really felt like an orgasm. I mean, my breathing was really heavy, my body was shaking, my heart was beating really fast. Maybe I wasn't having an orgasm or maybe I was. Uh, To this day, I still don't really know. But anyway, the rest of the play went really well and um, all of the women performed the hell out of their pieces. I was so proud of them and it was so incredible to watch them and um, then I did my last piece, which was the vagina versus vulva piece. And that was actually the final act of the show, which went really well, probably because of how much of my nerves got released in the first performance. And I had a bunch of people coming up to me, even a few men saying that my piece aroused them, like sexually aroused them. One woman even said to me that it made her nipples hard. I don't even know how to feel about that. And I guess that's kind of where I am today, not really knowing how to feel about this experience exactly because I feel so much. I feel pride in myself for having done something I've never done before. I feel extreme relief that I didn't die on stage. I feel overwhelmingly accomplished and astounded at my ability to perform But one of the biggest things I felt the morning after was a lot of rawness, a lot of vulnerability. I actually wrote in my journal that day that I couldn't believe I did that. I couldn't believe that I exposed myself in that way and incited pleasure and arousal 
uh, from the audience. I didn't think I had it in me, but somehow there it was. There it was. From this experience of performing and portraying sexuality on stage, I learned so much about myself and my own tenacity and capability, but also I learned a lot about my own erotic power. Since then, I've been seeing myself in a new light, one that is a lot brighter, a lot more sexual than I realized. And this self is so different from the woman I've known for so long, which was this shy, timid, frigid girl who could barely say the word sex, let alone initiate it. And performing in the vagina monologues helped me see how much I've grown into my sexual identity in ways that I didn't even realize. Doing this, my sexual security blanket was ripped away. And I saw my own erotic potential. And it's funny that it took me having a pseudo-orgasm on stage in front of 150 people for me to realize that, to realize how much of a sexually liberated woman I've become. But I'm so proud. I'm really, really proud. And I'm ready to do it again. Thank you so much for listening to my personal sexual liberation story. If you enjoyed this episode and want more like this, let me know. Send me an email at evian at sexloveliberation.com and tell me what you think. You can also find me on my blog, sexloveliberation.com, for essays about sexual liberation and information about my work. And if you want to be a sexually liberated woman, go to sexloveliberation.com slash SLW, and maybe I'll be chatting with you about your journey of erotic empowerment someday. See you in the next episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.